Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to Depictions Media Radio. about the uh, launch of national call for proposal for the substance use and addictions program. Merci d'être uh, notre aujourd'hui pour l'annonce sur l'assement de l'appel national des propositions dans le cadre des programmes sur l'usage et les dépendances aux substances. Today's participants include the Honorable Patty Haidu, Canada's Federal Minister of Health, Nicole Chamartin, Executive Director of the Clinic Community Health, and Vita Concan, Project Coordinator, Manitoba Harm Reduction Network. Today's event will begin with remarks from Minister Haidu, followed by Nicole Chamartin and Madame Concan. There will be a media Q&A session at the end of the event. Nous tiendrons une séance de questions et réponses avec les médias à la fin de l'événement. Once again, thank you for joining us today. I'll turn your attention to the first speaker, Minister of Health, Patty Haidu. I was, I'm, I'm laughing because I just tripped over the pylon and we predicted that someone would do that and it was me. So, um, And also thank you to the, the tech people for the thoughtfulness around the clean mics. I've been noting that many of the outbreaks are around karaoke and you can't help but wonder if sharing a mic is uh, perpetuating the passing of the virus. I'm Patty Heidi. I'm the Minister of Health uh, for Canada and I come from Thunder Bay, Ontario, uh, which is your neighbour. I've been to Winnipeg many, many times. And it's a, just a delight to be with you today on the traditional territory, uh, Treaty 1 territory, which is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene people in the homeland of the Métis Nation. And of course, uh, it is just uh, it's a privilege to, uh, to be your neighbor, close, close by, to you, by to you from the traditional territory of, uh, of the Robinson Superior Treaty area. Aujourd'hui, j'aimerais souligner le travail que plusieurs d'entre vous faites pour aider les gens qui ont des problèmes de consommation. You know, uh, I've been working in this field for a very long time. Prior to being elected, uh, I was uh, a public health professional myself, working in the area of substance use, mental health, and then prior to the election, most recently, in the area of housing and homelessness. And in those uh, two decades that I spent that work at the community, um, I, I had real hope that we were turning a corner, especially uh, when we, uh, we, as the Liberal government, were elected and decided to take a more compassionate and evidence-based approach to harm to, to substance use, including harm reduction and including uh, the legalization of cannabis. But recently, data has shown that opiate overdose deaths are actually on the rise. And in fact, the pandemic has exacerbated people's uh, grief and trauma 
and substance use and of course disrupted many relationships and care relationships and we are seeing a tragedy unfold across the country for many people and many families. We know that uh, it isn't stigmatization and criminalization that helps people who use substances, but rather the opposite. It's compassionate, evidence-informed care that happens in communities. And we also know that for so many people, it's stigma that keeps them away from the very care that they need. We all carry a stereotype with us in our brain of what a typical substance, use looks, substance user looks like. But I can tell you that my own personal family has struggled with substance use for many generations. I have experienced problematic substance use in my life and of course uh, I've passed on that to my children. And we are all at different journeys on our own recovery path. And of course problematic substance use happens on a continuum. Uh, some people are severely ill, other people are able to learn how to moderate and use uh, substances in a way that's less problematic for them. And so I think it's really time that we continue to have open, honest conversations about substance use in our communities and destigmatize de not only substance use, but the people that use substances. Because of course, almost all of us do. Almost all of us use substances. And I think almost all of us are related or love someone who uses a substance problematically. And that's why the federal government, this liberal federal government, continues to support initiatives that save lives and meet people where they're at all across the country. For example, we now have 18 safer supply projects that are operating in Canada. And I rem I'm old enough to remember when there was only one and a federal government was fighting to shut it down. And that was the infamous Insight safe consumption site in Vancouver. But these centers save lives. In fact, they provide an opportunity for people to connect with caregivers so they can have conversations about what their next step is to improve their health or their own personal situations. We also have initiatives that are providing pharmaceutical alternatives to purchasing illegal toxic drugs on the street. These safer supply projects also not only save lives but connect patients with health services, social services, treatment options, and this is of course, been exceedingly hard to access during COVID-19. But we also know that it's not just opioids that people are struggling with. In fact, many people struggle with alcohol, and in 2020, half of accidental opioid-related overdose deaths also included stimulants, including cocaine or methamphetamine. My colleague Jennifer O'Connell, who is the Parliamentary Secretary to Health, announced uh, last month $7 million in federal funding for over 13 projects across the country to help people and communities address methamphetamine use and reduce the harms associated with it here in Western and Central Canada. And seven of the funded projects specifically went to programs that focus on the needs of Indigenous communities. We want to continue this work. This government knows that the really important work of reaching people is done at the grassroots level. It's done by community organizations that are working in community with community members. And so this year's budget, Budget 2021, commits an additional $116 million across the country to support that work. So as part of that commitment, Budget 2021's commitment of $116 million, today I'm launching the national call for proposals for, the Health, for Health Canada's substance use and addictions program. 
Now, what's great about this stream of funding is it's very flexible. It's about enabling community programs that are doing this really great work to have the funds that they need in a sustainable and predictable way to continue to save lives. And those lives are people that we know. Those people that are struggling with substances are people that we know. Last night, I had the honour of coming to this very garden to meet with Arlene and Dan and Tracy, who told me about their children who have died as a result of problematic substance use. And Arlene showed me photos of dozens more children, dozens more brothers, dozens more cousins and uncles and aunts. These are our families that are struggling. This is my family that's struggling. This is maybe your family that's struggling. And that's why this announcement today is so important, because it's organizations like these that work with people that struggle with substance use through the lens of compassion. I don't know about you, but when my loved one breaks a leg, it's an urgent crisis. When someone is struggling with problematic substance use, having an overdose incident, it's an urgent health crisis. And I'm so proud of the work that's happening across the country and so grateful for the work that's happening across the country that, by the way, comes at an enormous cost to the people doing the work. Because watching people struggle and suffer is always hard. And so I want to thank today, in particular, the organizations, the peer support workers, the overdose prevention workers, the social workers, and the many others. The people like Arlene, who at great cost to herself, tells her story of her son as often as she can so that she can share awareness and knowledge with other parents who are similarly struggling. There are currently 196 projects right now that are funded by Health Canada's Substance Use and Addictions Program. And so I'm really excited to be with two of them today. Um, I just want to flip to the right ones. I don't know if I have them. Olivier, do I have the names of the organization? Oh, yep, yeah, here we go. Uh, Clinic Community Health, which is providing post-treatment recovery services to people living with methamphetamine use disorder, including trauma-informed counseling uh, and peer support. And do I have the other one, Olivier? Sorry. Oh. And the Manitoba Harm Reduction Network, Vita Concan. So I am very happy that both of those organizations are going to speak a little bit about what they do on the ground level every day to protect the people that we love. Thank you very much. I avoided the pylons. It's a, a big success for my day. Uh, hi, I'm Nicole Schmartin. I'm the Executive Director of Clinic Community Health, and I'm really excited uh, to be here today and to support uh, this announcement on expanded funding. About two years ago, we began offering uh, the mobile withdrawal management service 
which offers people the opportunity to detox from a substance in a home environment or a short-term recovery bed with daily team-based supports. It's, it's a really innovative uh, community-based program and I think one of the reasons that I, I believe it's so innovative is because when we talk about ending the stigma, one of the, the key pieces is that there's a real uh, perception of who uses substances, much like the minister uh, has spoken about. And what we know is that most people use substances. And for some people that's problematic, and for some people that's not problematic. Um, and what we find in the program is that we're able to work with people um, who come from very uh, different places in life. Um, so it may be people who are living homelessly or rough um, and uh, need to access a short-term bed and, and need daily support. Um, but we also work with many professionals who wouldn't have access treatment support because they're also afraid of the stigma um, and really appreciate that we offer day-to-day -day support in their own homes. Um, and so it, I think the, the, the ability to be able to work with people where they're at in their life across all spectrums is, is really one of the, the amazing things about this program. Um, recently, this program was able to expand uh, with, with funding from SUOP, as the Minister talked about, uh, and we're really excited about those expansions. We know that a history of trauma is a big predictor of problematic substance use, and so we're now able to offer trauma counselling uh, to people who are a part of our program, uh, along with peer support, which is a huge uh, component of uh, being able to support people who are experiencing uh, challenges and it allows us to support people longer, which I think is gonna be really important. It couldn't be more timely. COVID has really impacted the mental health of Canadians and people around the world. And I think this is something that we're really seeing. So day to day, uh, the numbers and referrals to our program grow. Uh, and for the first time we've had wait lists, uh, which is really um, for a young program, not something you wanna see. And so new funds is something that will really help us be able to address that. The COVID mental health picture un unfolding in our world is alarming. Mental um, anxiety and depression are on the rise in our country. We know that a pre-existing methamphetamine uh, crisis in our province is also continuing while problematic opiate use uh, and the resulting overdose deaths have increased to the latter by an astounding 87%. Alcohol consumption has also spiked through the pandemic, a trend that researchers say will continue far after the pandemic is over. And as I've said, correspondingly, we see our uptake continuing every day. We know that this means that we need novel and new approaches. We know that the things that we've done so far haven't worked. So new funding allows us to, as communities, really come together and work with people who are struggling with problematic substance use to find new solutions. And one of the things that I really appreciate about funding opportunities like this is that when you work with community-based organizations, that is the approach, that is how we do things. 
and we are able to be successful. Being able to support healthy communities and address problematic substance use, we're extremely pleased to, to see that this will be extended further and offer support that's so desperately needed. And so I'm, I'm really thrilled to be here today. I'm very grateful to the minister, uh, to the government for offering this further support. And um, I really would encourage communities to look at this funding opportunity and see how you might be able to take advantage of it. Thank you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thanks, folks. Hi there. Um, thanks, Nicole, and for the minister for starting us off. <sighs> my name is Vida. My pronouns are she and her, and I'm with the Manitoba Harm Reduction Network here in Winnipeg, where I enjoy the use of drugs but have not experienced harm as a result of that due to the pri intersecting privileges that I hold, unlike many of the original and ongoing Indigenous caretakers of this territory. Winnipeg is Treaty 1 territory and we enjoy hydroelectric power from Treaty 5 and water from Treaty 3. This project took place in Winnipeg, Selkirk and Pine Falls, which are all places where colonization has intersected with substance use to create harms. We have been honored to use the SUOP funds from the last round to work towards reducing those harms. Uh, the project fo focused on reducing harms associated with methamphetamine use and was joyfully and somewhat ingeniously designed by people who use methamphetamines, um, in part to get access to the supplies that they felt they needed um, and didn't have access to around here. So specifically the supply of bubble pipes, which are used to smoke methamphetamines. Folks that use meth have told us that the lack of access to bubble pipes was driving up injection use, uh, which we know to be a riskier way of using drugs. We used pre and post intervention surveys to evaluate the impacts of bubble pipes on injection meth use and found that for people for whom smoking was their preferred method, the access to bubble pipes decreased injection and then therefore decreased the risk of bloodborne infections, decreased the risk of overdose. This funding was meaningful to us as an organization and our volunteers who use drugs in reducing barriers to life-saving supplies and perhaps more importantly, at providing another opportunity for people who use drugs to execute projects that show their care and devotion for their communities. We are seeing huge demand for this project in all areas of Manitoba where we have sites, um, and we look forward to opportunities to scale up this project and projects like it uh, that are driven and executed by people who use drugs.
we're in a really fitting place for this announcement. This is a memorial garden um, behind us. As the overdose crisis is impacting our day-to-day -day work and lives here in our province in devastating and profound ways, which I can't get too far into or I will cry. Um, we are thrilled about the announcement of another round of funding to support our communities and really implore our local governments to invest in harm reduction too because we all love someone that uses drugs. Participants, and uh, thank you for being here at this very special place today. Uh, we'll open up for a Q&A session now. À tous les conférencières, merci pour uh, vos orations. Nous passerons maintenant à la séance de questions et réponses des médias. Uh, if you could use the pool mic and please start with your name and the uh, organization for which you work. Good afternoon. Uh, it's Katie May at the Winnipeg Free Press. Um, Minister, I wonder if you can tell us while you're here in Winnipeg if you uh, have met with Health Minister Heather Stephenson, and if so, what have you discussed? Well, thank you for the question. Actually, sadly, no, we haven't been able to arrange a time that works for Minister Stephenson. Um, we've given uh, the minister a number of opportunities to uh, to meet and certainly are completely open to meeting with her at her convenience. I'm here till I think, uh, tomorrow afternoon. Um, I wonder, based on today's announcement, if you can tell us, um, is it your intention to, for the federal government to support um, the, uh, the implementation of safe consumption sites here in Winnipeg? Certainly, uh, as I mentioned in my remarks, we are more than happy to support safe consumption sites that, uh, that are under development uh, in any province or territory that's interested. Um, of course, because of the intersection of healthcare, there often is a provincial intersection, so the province does need to support usually those safe consumption sites in the form of healthcare services. Um, but absolutely, any organization that is interested in pursuing that, uh, Health Canada will work with them to uh, get the appropriate permissions to be able to do that. I wonder if you can also address the um, need for Manitoba to transport patients out of province during the third wave. Manitoba was the only province that um, had to do that and I wonder how the federal government is going to be working with Manitoba to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Well, thanks for that question as well. Um, look, it's been a really huge challenge for all provinces and territories right now, and I think the best way that we can prevent a situation from like from that happening again is to prevent a future severe wave of COVID-19. And that's why at this stage of the pandemic, uh, I'm very focused on making sure that the province continues with its vaccination campaign. We've got uh, funding as well to organizations that are working to break down barriers to vaccines. I met uh, with the Women of Color group this morning uh, at a community centre who are working with the Chinese, Canadian Chinese community to uh, provide information in Mandarin and awareness around vaccination. Uh, this is an all-hands-on-deck moment. 
but in the future will always be there for Manitobans if they need uh, additional support. The federal government, as you know, supported uh, Manitoba with additional health care resources and moving resources around with surge capacity uh, in a variety of different ways. And we have said repeatedly, we'll be there for Canadians, regardless of which province they live in for as long as it takes. Um, in regard to the ongoing investigation um, involving the National Microbiology Lab, do you think that Manitobans and Winnipegers, Canadians in general, are owed answers um, into what happened with the firing of the scientists there? I think Canadians expect us to have, A, the capacity to do cutting-edge research in Canada that leads to the kinds of uh, um, solutions to public health threats like COVID-19 uh, whenever they arise. I think uh, I want to thank the members of the lab. I'm going to be visiting the lab tomorrow, um, for example, for the development of the PCR test just days after they got the sequencing. That was a game-changer for Canada. Can you imagine if we had not been able to procure tests in fact, we don't have to look very far. The United States struggled early on to be able to develop a testing strategy, and they paid a very, very heavy and tragic price for it. So the lab has provided Canadians incredible service by uh, not only developing the tests, but providing overflow capacity to test positive cases by providing the space for research. We also have to take national security issues seriously. And so I can't comment about the particular case, but I will say that Canadians can be confident that we will never put national security uh, of Canadians at risk and will continue to take appropriate actions in, in that space as well. Um, unions have said that the uh, lab had a toxic workplace culture. Is it your intention to make sure that that is part of the investigation? Well, uh, actually, um, as a federal minister of employment and labor in my last uh, portfolio prior to the 2019 election, I was very proud and very thrilled to be able to successfully shepherd the implementation of Bill C-65, which is harassment and legislation, harassment and violence prevention legislation for all federally regulated employees. And these uh, employees would be federally regulated. So yes, we have a zero tolerance for harassment and violence of any kind in the workplace. And we expect all federal workplaces to uh, to uh, apply that legislation, to have a framework to prevent that kind of behavior and to address any instances of harassment and violence in the workplace immediately. Uh, thank you, Minister. Okay. Question number one. Um, there are over 100 new wildfires burning in northwestern Ontario since uh, Tuesday. We know the military is being deployed in Manitoba. Uh, will the federal government be providing more support to fight wildfires in these areas? Uh, absolutely, we will provide support whenever a province requests it. And of course, in Ontario, there hasn't been a state of emergency declared, uh, nor has the province, to my knowledge as of yet, it could be changing moment by moment, but to my knowledge uh, as of this morning, had not requested additional support. But as Minister Blair has said, we will be there for Canadians in, in fighting wildfires and dealing with the number of uh, environmental um, crises that we see, including flooding in the Yukon. We'll be there for Canadians as we get through this summer together. Thank you. And just follow up to that. Uh, we are hearing evacuees in Manitoba and Ontario expect they could be away from their homes for an extended period of time. Will the federal government be providing additional support to these evacuees? 
Um, that's a hard one for me to answer without understanding necessarily what that support looks like, but I can't imagine we would say no to supporting Canadians. Um, obviously, um, most of that support does come through provinces who would be facilitating, for example, uh, food, transportation, accommodation. But again, uh, this has been a Team Canada approach through COVID-19. We'll be there for provinces and territories as they sort out what kind of support they need. And I would say to Canadians that are evacuated that, you know, where our hearts are with them and that we'll make sure they get what they need to uh, sustain themselves through this really trying time. Thank you, Minister. Okay. Well, thank you very much for coming to this important announcement, and I hope that you do write stories about the important work that these organizations are doing on the ground. Thank you. Thank you for listening today, and thank you for supporting us with our sponsors. Please go to depictions.media for more information, and click on our contact link and let us know how we can help. How we can help bring your story and help bring us to a better world. This show has been produced by Depictions Media. Please contact us at depictions.media for more information. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.